We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Get These Charge podcast, coming to you live on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, apologies in advance if there are any Wi-Fi or audio issues on my behalf. I'm clearly uh, not in my usual setup at a hotel down here in Costa Mesa, so hopefully everything goes smoothly. But uh, had a great time today at practice. Uh, it was a much hotter day today, but luckily we got to be on the other side, which had some shade, so it was, it was good, but uh, still hot nonetheless. Uh, Tyler's here joining me as always. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Great. As much as I love three hours of getting a tan or, you know, skin <laughs> cancer, um, I really appreciated being in the shade today. That was awesome. Hanging out with you, hanging out with Jake Hefner. Uh, really great to be out there and, and a pretty solid practice, even with no pads. Yeah, definitely. A big shout out to Jake Hefner for, uh, hanging out with us all day. Uh, last time we got to hang out with Dan Wade. So cool to get to know some of the other, uh, podcasters that are doing a great job covering the team as well. So, um, you know, great stuff to uh, to dive into today. Um, as teased earlier in the chat, after practice, uh, Tyler and I did get to interview linebacker Eric Kendricks. Um, so that'll be dropping on our usual show on Tuesday for the on the Chargers feeds. Um, so be sure to uh, set your alarms and check out check out that episode. Um, that episode is going to have a recap of the scrimmage that is happening tomorrow night as well. So Tyler and I will be there. Um, in the stand, so feel free to come out and uh, say hello if you want. You guys have been super nice and kind to us so far at, at camp, and uh, tomorrow we'll get to be in the stand. So um, today is specifically about the eighth uh, 
practice for the Chargers, and we'll have uh, a lot of great recaps to dive into today. Yeah, tomorrow is going to be awesome. Please check out the show for our recap, but tomorrow is going to be great. I've been waiting to see meaningful kind of long-term, you know, multiple sustained drives, first down, second down, third down. What are you doing fourth down? Bring out the kicker, bring out the punter. Um, Just to finally get some real action, it's going to be awesome. Bad timing for a drink right there. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll have a lot to dive in today. It was definitely a defensive heavy day in terms of who stood out. There will be some offensive things to talk about first, but um, unfortunately, I have to talk about some uh, injury discussion today. Sebastian Joseph Day dealing with a quad injury, and per the team, he's going to miss some time. Um, you know, the Chargers are going to be cautious with this, they will not rush Sebastian out there. Um, until he is is ready and healthy to be back from this. This is training camp. So uh, no no need to bring him back quicker than he feels comfortable. Uh, in his absence, Tyler, we can definitely talk about this, but uh, Christopher Hinton was almost the exclusively the first team nose tackle in his absence. Um, Morgan Fox was playing a lot of snaps today. Um, and then it was really kind of a rotation with Scott Madlock and Nick Williams were really the main ones that would uh, rotate in there. So, um, any panic or concern level, uh, while we wait for more information about Sebastian Joseph Day's, uh, injury that he's dealing with panic. No, but I'm more worried about this than the Trey Pipkins one, which the Pipkins one, we never really got any indication, but I kind of figured because there wasn't much, yes, it's odd when there's nothing really given to us, but I feel like he'd come back. And of course he did within, I think two or three days of him being out, came back. Sebastian Joseph Day, for the team to already reach out and say that he's going to miss some time with a quad injury is, is not great. So yeah. I'm definitely worried about this one because you know we talked about the defensive line and the depth that they have, and we felt really good about this group, this the six or maybe even seven that they could have. And you work with Jay Rogers, and you're feeling pretty good. But when you take in the starter and then the other starter, and then your backup knows, I guess, with Otito, and you've suddenly removed them from the lineup, and you're seeing out there is Morgan Fox, Christopher Hinton, and Nick Williams, you start to get a bit more worried. You know, not many positions on this team or any team can hold up with three injuries. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Telesco should have drafted a, another nose tackle or something. No, like they drafted a D tackle, right? So it's good that Matt yeah. Luck's out there. They um, they signed Nick Williams like early on to get ahead of Austin Johnson and Otito being already out. So that's good. Um, but that three-man front isn't, the same as Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, and Austin Johnson. So panic, no, but we'll see how long this 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 will take because, again, to, to, for the team to say that he's going to be out for some time, I don't know what that means. And and that, to me, is like an unknown. That's more worrisome to me than just like, oh, a couple of weeks. It's just like some time. And, and some time could mean maybe he's back tomorrow. I don't know. He won't be. But it could also mean into the regular season and in week two you play the Titans. Yeah, the, the opening schedule is is very concerning for for Sebastian if if he's missing time, because um, he's he's been having a great camp by all accounts. You know, uh, yesterday's padded practice, uh, Danny Popper outlined in his training training camp update that he had uh, what would have been a sack. He had a run stop. He had a tackle for loss. Like he's been having a fantastic training camp, and with Austin Johnson out, he's your best run defender. You know, and and by a wide margin. So. Mm-hmm. The Chargers need him to get healthy ASAP because they don't really have that guy behind him to, you know, kind of pick up the slack. And I think, you know, I like Christopher Hinton more than most, and the Chargers seem to like him a lot. But 
you know, he's really never proven in an extended amount of time that he can be a, a high quality run stuffer. So um, this is concerning from a roster construction standpoint, you know, because this is a unit that um, is going to give a lot of these meaningful reps to these young players like Scott Matlock, like um, Christopher Hinton, like Gerard Clark, um, CJ Okoye, who was just mentioned in the chat, he was playing a decent amount today, Terrence Lang. So there's not a ton of, you know, veteran depth on this in this unit, which was a real strength of theirs last year. So um, it's, it's definitely a concern in terms of Sebastian's injury. We'll see, you know, Lando pointing out in the chat, a mild quad strain is probably, you know, one to three weeks. But what if we don't know how severe this is? There's there's no timetable right now. So it's um, it's a concern for the depth. But, you know, we were probably not going to see much of these guys in preseason games anyway. You know, the, the preseason depth is who it is. And maybe if this drags out, maybe they go and sign somebody. Um, but Sebastian Joseph Day being out, it, it certainly drastically changes the defense right now. Uh, I don't know if I'm frozen or if Tyler's frozen. Tyler, can you hear me? People in the chat want to let me know if I'm frozen or Tyler's frozen. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, so Tyler's uh, laptop just crashed. There we go. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, for those who missed it, who are just picking in, uh, coming in here, uh, Christopher Hinton was the one playing mostly in place of uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. So um, we'll see what happens there. Other injury news in terms of uh, practice reps, um, Rashawn Slater, Joey Bosa, Gerald Everett did not practice today. Um, what's being reported as an illness. Uh, Jordan McFadden gets some extra reps today at left tackle in his absence. I thought he had some good moments. I thought he had some bad moments. Um, you know, I was curious about him. So I asked, I was able to ask Corey Lindsley in the press conference afterwards about Jordan McFadden. Um, and he spoke pretty glowingly about his work at guard. You know, they, they feel comfortable with his ability to step in at tackle in a pinch. Um, you know, I, I think at tackle, there's going to be some adjustments to some strength concerns. Um, you know, Khalil Mack got him good yesterday. I think Morgan Fox got him today on a bull rush as well. So it's it's going to be some hit or miss for him. But I think these are very valuable reps for him to be able to get these uh, kind of reps with the first team offense at a position that he might have to play at some point down the road. So I thought he looked good in limited action. Um, there were no pads today. Looks like we got Tyler coming back on. Maybe. There we go. What's up, man? Whatever. I guess everybody's going on the injury report, and so is my computer. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I was saying, uh, Jordan McFadden was playing with the first-team offense. Um, Trey Pipkins, who we Tyler mentioned earlier, he was back at practice, but there was a bit of a rotation uh, between him and Foster Sorrell today, so um, being, being cautious a little bit with Trey, I think is the right decision right now. You don't want him to push through anything at this point. Um, but he did play, I think I, I counted it at least two series where he was playing. We saw him doing individual mm -hmm. drills, stuff like that. So Trey looks fine. Um, Foster Sorrell, you know, we'll see what happens there, but I think he's certainly improved. I, I'm not comfortable with putting a bar on where he's at in that improvement. 
but uh, he's getting a lot of valuable reps right now, and the team seems pretty content with that. Well, Stephen, you got to ask one All-Pro Corey Lindsley about Foster Serrell today. So, what what did uh, Corey have to say there to you as you asked him a question? Yeah, um, so I asked Corey about um, Foster Serrell and Jordan McFadden. Um, you know, with Foster Sorrell, he, he made the comment that Foster has been more poised, more comfortable, that last year was just was, you know, kind of unexpected. Like, hey, by the way, like you're going to start, you know, against the 49ers <laughs> and, and Nick Bosa for your first start. So um, he feels like Foster is is more comfortable this year and, and, and has improved. You know, I made the comments to you, like, I think it, it's it's undeniable to see that just like from a timing perspective, he's improved, like his his kick jumps look smoother. You know, they look, they look mm-hmm. more on, on, on time, you know, his striking looks pretty good, but they, there's no pads. And also it's, it's, it's tough for me to get a real evaluation of where these two tackles will be because they're going up against Klumak and, and Joey Bosa in practices and they're losing reps. So, you know, the preseason is, is super important for these guys. I yeah. am curious if they'll play McFadden at tackle in the preseason or if they'll kind of stick with him at guard. But uh, Mm. either way, I'm excited to see both of them in the preseason. Yeah, that's a good point. I was looking at, I think it was Bailey and then Hymas last year. Like, what did they play? And it was really, they just kind of flip-flopped them around, not at tackle by any means, but like switch left guard, right guard. So what they'll do with McFadden, we'll see. But it seems like their intention is to try left tackle first for that contingency. Um, I think it was McFadden and then it was Andrew Trainer. So we'll see what they do with McFadden. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do think Foster Serrell looks better. I don't recall what his, you know, I, I know he was like a highly touted recruit coming out of high school and was supposed to be this great prospect. And it never really came to fruition. But it seems like for whatever reason, whatever they did, that Duke Manyweather took whatever that talent was that he was kind of supposed to develop into, but that he still has and really is trying to make that show. So, you know, we'll see. Like Steven said, we'll never really know. Um, I think Steven, the last time you were here, there was also no pads. So today there was also no pads. So there's really, it's it's very tough to evaluate as is. Um, So tomorrow should be a really good look at what these guys can do. Yeah. And I I think my biggest concern with Foster is just his ability to anchor and and handle like the power of these rushers that he's going to go up against with um, every single week. So not really possible to, to tell how that's going until there's pads on. So yeah, tomorrow I'm really going to be focusing in on the offensive linemen and defensive linemen and see how that goes. You know, with no pads, it's it's so easy to focus in on like the corners and the receivers and see how that's going. But um, pads on tomorrow. So I'm going to really be honing in on those uh, those trench players. Yeah. And I can't wait to watch. And I don't know if we've, I don't know what you talked about while I was gone for a minute there, but I can't wait to <laughs> we'll watch. Okay, so yeah, McFadden, and also the guy that kind of had his way going up against him today, not as like a pure edge rusher by any means, but if Morgan Fox got an opportunity to even play at, at, at any point today against anybody, he was fantastic. So I can't wait to see how he holds up. Because, um, I mean, if you look at any interview of any player that you've seen you know, from the Chargers, really since like the end of the season, I just went back. We weren't sure who we were going to have today for a guest. So I was watching Michael Davis on um, T.O. and Hatch's podcast. I can't remember what the podcast is called. And he talked about like, you know, they asked him, what's the thing you guys need to work on to get to the Super Bowl? And Michael Davis is like run defense. And you listen to like any presser, any I mean, Joey Bosa's bulking up. They drafted too. like everything's so much about run defense. So I'm really yeah. curious to see how Morgan Fox continues to develop in that regard because he finished so strong last year. 
Yeah, if you listen to our interview with Kendricks or, or really any of the press conferences, there's so much of an emphasis on the communication between the run defense issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something that they are really harping on, uh, pointing out is that the communication was an issue last year. And they feel like with Kendricks and Derwin and everybody else kind of taking a step forward, that the communication should be a lot better, you know. Well, I don't want to spoil too much of our interview, but you asked, you know, Kendricks about like what's the communication been like with him and Kenneth Murray, and he was saying that he's there's just like a natural picking of each other's brains because he's trying to catch up on the defense that Kenneth has spent two years playing in, and mm-hmm. Murray's you know also trying to you know pick his brain about just like the stuff that he's seen, and so you know there's just a, a really extra emphasis on communication this year that I think is really going to pay dividends uh, in the run defense. And you can really see that every time I've gone to practice so far, I haven't seen, you know, that not open to the public practices. So maybe I've missed it, but it just feels like the communication is so much better from, from the safeties on down, um, whether that's JT Woods or Heem Lane, any of these guys that, you know, roster bubble or not really developed guys yet to Kenneth Murray having like a legit it's camp, but like he looks really good. Um, particularly in run defense. You just heard the other day he had three run stops um, with Kendricks today, like first series that they had. It was it was a tackle for loss, like shot the gap. Morgan yep. Fox, Fox played the run excellent. Um, so it was another just excellent. The, the defense just looks so much better against the run um, in terms of communication. There's no like, oh, whoops, I forgot to cover that guy. Oops, I, for, I didn't block that guy. I didn't, you know, whatever. Like it, it's just been, it's been much better to watch. And, and to be completely honest, I think the defense is like, significantly improved in this regard against the run and we'll see when you lose so many defensive tackles maybe things will you know change when you, when you play the dolphins you play the titans yeah but it, it just it just looks different i don't really know how to describe it but like it's, it's very difficult for this offense to get anything going on the ground and i don't really think that's as much the scheme or the blocking granted they don't have pads so like you know rashawn is not out there so they can't really do their thing yeah but this defense just the way they communicate they, from the d tackles to the safeties the alignment looks so good. And I think that, you know, whether that's Derek Ansley, whether that's Eric Kendricks, Alohi Gilman, um, you know, obviously Joey just being back out there naturally, although not the last couple of days, they just look so much better against the run. How much better? I don't know. But we've been begging for this, the same kind of thing we did for special teams last year. Like, just get to 15, 16th in the league, yeah. get average. And I think the yep. Chargers team could actually do that. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So we'll talk again about some training camp uh, takeaways last Last thing, J.C. Jackson did not practice today. There was uh, something popped up yesterday, um, and he was reportedly seen entering the medical tent during practice. Um, he is dealing with some soreness. He looked fine. He was he was at practice today. We saw him walking around. Um, you know, he had some good energy about him, from what I could see. Um, but there's there's some general soreness that is to be expected, according to the team, because of of his injury, which is definitely not a surprise. You know. He's already so far ahead of his recovery that him, you know, taking it easy in practices when he's sore, I think is, is fine. It's natural. And luckily the chargers have some really good cornerback depth that they can really put on display, which is more than they can say in some of these other positions. (laughs) And it's giving guys like Dean Leonard, a great opportunity to go up against like Quentin Johnson or Mike Williams and get some legit meaningful reps for a guy that really didn't have much coming out of college. So that's been great to see. Um, yeah, JC was up and down the sideline, hanging out with the team, you know, kind of talking the football back and forth. 
there was no like JC Jackson's in the medical tent and he's rehabbing for the next two hours. I didn't really yeah. see anything like that. Maybe he did during yeah. the stretching portion or something, but I mean, he's out there and listen, as much as I want him out there, if we even find out that he, they want to just absolutely be sure and not even have him out there in week one, which I don't think is going to happen. I'm just saying like, I'd rather they be cautious. They've gone twice now, kind of rushing things back. We're playing him more snaps than maybe he should. And so I think that if like he's just sore, fine. Let him sit for as long as he needs. Take it cautiously. You know, the defense will be infinitely better if he's out there and healthy than if he's out there and hurt and can't bend, can't sit, can't move, you know, can't yeah. throttle, deaccelerate, et cetera. So I'm totally fine if he's if he's taking it easy. Yeah. And and like I said, the the cornerback death is really solid this year. Like Dean Leonard has had some really good moments. Jasir Taylor's had some really good moments. Um, I was curious to see without JC kind of what would the rotation be for the cornerback spot. And honestly, it was it was kind of business as usual in terms of Asante and Jasir rotating between outside and the slot, you know, second team outside and slot as well. So they're going to continue to practice with those players as if they are still competing for that, you know, star position. And um, I guess that's kind of a good transition because to me, man, Asante Samuel Jr. was the best player on the field today. And this was kind of something that we've seen coming. You know, he's been having such good practices recently. Um, we asked Eric Hendricks about him and you'll definitely want to hear that answer. Um, but there was at least two pass breakups that I counted and then the, the big play, which really ratcheted up the defense because we were mm -hmm. watching the seven on seven and you could tell like Derwin and Alohi were not pleased with how things were going <laughs> from, a, from a secondary yeah. perspective in the seven on seven period. And whether that was they were flat, like you heard Derwin like yell at them, like, come on, DBs, let's have them go. Like all this stuff, like all throughout the first seven on seven period, like they was it was not smooth sailing for that unit. And then it was the second team drive with the first team defense. And Asante Samuel Jr. broke on a slant from, I want to say it was Keenan, and Keenan caught it, but then Asante ripped that ball out and it landed right in Kenneth Murray's hands, who took it back for a touchdown. And then from that point on, it was defense every single series, every play, mm -hmm. making it so difficult on this offense today. So it was a defense-heavy day, and it really started with that Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, I, I don't want to, I don't know if it was a fumble or counts as an interception or what, but um, he yeah. had a great break on the ball. He stripped it from Keenan's hands, and that really ignited the defense today. Yeah, I love that you point out the the, the narrative storyline of what happened there because it was kind of bombs away for the first part, um, which is understandable given who Herbert has. JC's not out there. There's no pads. Like they can just sling it, and no one's no one's hitting Herbert. Well, unless you do it on accident, which we can get into. <laughs> <laughs> another time but um you know it was all bombs away then you really saw the leadership change with Derek Ansley with Derwin yeah. James like and maybe that's part of the reason they switched to Derek Ansley right like defense needs to spark maybe Ronaldo Hill wasn't the most rah-rah guy Ansley's out there and he's 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 pretty motivated uh motivating pretty fired yeah. up and yeah they they just looked significantly more on it and Asante Samuel Jr. really kicked that off for them um I don't want to say it's exactly like this but against the Seahawks, he had that same kind of like pass breakup pop up for Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray ended up getting this same one um, today. So just all in all, like Asante Samuel Jr., like you said, is if he's not the best player out there, he's at minimum probably the best defender out there. 
can't really yeah. tell as much with there's no pads. Like you know, maybe that maybe it was Morgan Fox today, but yeah, he he's just fantastic. And it's just every day, pass breakup, game changing play, pass breakup, interception, pick six. Like <laughs> I I don't know what, how much run he'll get in the slot at this point moving forward. If JC is going to be sore and they'll take it easy for the next few weeks or maybe even yeah. a week, it's going to be kind of jo- actually. You know what? I lied. Because today, Asante Samuel Jr. still got some run uh, in the slot with some of the starters while John yeah. was outside, which was good to see. Um, but yeah, he's he's been great. And you know, we, we we sat there on the Chargers episode a couple of weeks ago and went through how horrific the run game stats were for him, and that may still be the case. But we all we we decided in the end that Asante Samuel Jr. to us would be the starter, and it just feels like. I don't know how you can look at what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks and say, no, we'll have somebody else out there. Yeah. I, he's been so phenomenal to watch. And if he's not making a play on the ball, he's in excellent position. Like even these catches that he's giving up, he's right there every single time. And it's just like the perfect ball from Herbert or like a great catch from Palmer or Quentin Johnston. Um, But he is having a fantastic camp and it, this is just going to give the Chargers a ton of flexibility because there was this um, great film breakdown from uh, A to Z Sports, I think it was. I, I tweeted out the, the video last week um, talking about the advantages that the Chargers were able to have uh, from a numbers perspective because of Michael Davis, because Michael Davis is basically shuts down that field, that side of the field that he's on. And Asante is going to get a lot of targets that way. JC Jackson is going to get a lot of targets that way. And you have those two guys who can be ball hawks and be able to turn the ball over and get their hands on some footballs. It's just such an advantage. And Asante really has seemed like he's taken a pretty significant leap in terms of his coverage ability, in terms of just his awareness. Like, I think we've all known that he has the ability to, you know, read and react at a high level, but his ability, like in phase when he's in man coverage, has really become like a, a real advantage for him. And we'll see about the run defense. You know, I, I still think that that's something that's going to have to be addressed addressed at some point. Right now, it's not an issue because everybody else is doing their jobs. Um, mm-hmm. But at some point, Asante is going to have to prove in the slot that he can really handle that kind of responsibility. And, you know, I think he's, he's running away with the competition, but there <laughs> are going to be some snaps that they're going to have to figure out how to you know have a bigger body in that role, and they'll, they'll do that with Derwin. They'll do that with just your tight with with, with Jaw. But Asante is is far and away the most explosive corner in camp right now. I would still say Michael Davis is the best corner on the team. Yeah, but Asante is is making a ton of plays in camp right now. Yeah, he's crushing it. I'm really curious where this D tackle situation goes because all things good and healthy, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. You can have him out there. Because you feel good about the D-tackles, the edge rushers, the other safeties, linebackers. You start losing some guys that are supposed to be your run stoppers. Like, let's say, all three of your best run stopping D-tackles. Maybe that changes some of the calculus of how things go. Um, But no, Sando Sierra Jr. has been fantastic. Like you said, running away with the competition. Even though John Taylor's been making plays, and I think today he he blew up a screen. Um, He's very involved, like, almost kind of as a safety, like a box safety role. Not that he's playing that. But he's very good at working near the line of scrimmage. It's just ball in the yeah. air. There's there's no question Asante Samuel Jr. is is better. And like you said, now he's he's reading it um in man in zone, like whatever you need him to do, he's kind of playing like 
as flawless as you can get. And anytime anyone catches a pass over him, it's, it's rarely something that's a mistake by him. It's just the other guys yeah. may be really tall or caught a perfect <laughs> one-hander in the corner and you just weren't stopping it no matter who you were. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Jaws has definitely taken some lumps, you know, and, and playing against Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer and Quentin Johnson, like, that'll do that for him. You know, at the end of the day, he is, you know, he was a six-round draft pick. He didn't play a ton last year. So these are very important reps for him. And, you know, I think we I've enjoyed seeing his mentality because he, he it definitely is keyed in on what he does well, which is play the run, play the screens. And you can tell, mm-hmm. like, there's a different kind of element of physicality with him, but Asante is is having a fantastic practice and a fantastic camp so far. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, another second. Sorry, did you have anything else there? Are you about to mention the person I'm about to mention? Yeah. So um, it's been kind of quiet on the JT Woods front today, um, but he had a great day of practice from what we were able to tell. Um, at least two pass breakups, both of which were, were quality plays. His first pass breakup. It's kind of on a corner route. I want to say it was Keelan Doss that he was covering. And I didn't think he was going to be able to get to this ball. And that range really flipped. Like his his speed really showed up there. And he, and he made a great play on the football. Um, he had another pass breakup in the end zone as a, as a free safety coming over the top. With Keelan, he was kind of in, in, in more matched coverage. And mm-hmm. then he had a run stop. He had a run stop too, man. Like he, it was really funny. He like put both of his hands up. He's like, that was me. That was me. <laughs> um, so, you know, JT had a good day, man. I think, you know, if he can continue to build on this, this is what the Chargers need from him, you know, because they're giving him all of the third safety reps right now. And it was nice to see him have 
have a good day of practice. Yeah, on the sideline, I don't think any of us could think of, honestly, another pass breakup from JT Woods. And that doesn't even mean that he's been playing poorly or that he did last camp. He just I never saw him maybe in position or never targeted in that regard. So today, to see him finally get targeted twice and have like beautiful pass breakups, like you, you just see the DB in him that is also very tall, very fast, um, a lot of length to him, I guess. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of a better way to say that, so there it is. Um, but he, he just played really, really well. And, like, he's been playing well against the run against screens, but we were just, I was just begging for someone to throw the ball at him to see yeah. what he could do. And today, I mean, two targets, two passes broken up. Maybe you could have even had an interception on that first one. Like, and like you said, the recovery was amazing. I think he was behind by a good yard or so. And then I think it was Derek Ansley just kind of yelling, like, go get the football. And then just run, ran right in. And, yep. and I couldn't believe that there was another gear that you could hit. So really impressive. Really, really great day for him. Um, is it, does it mean that he's going to be this guy the whole season? I don't know. But like I, we've been begging to see this from him. And so for him to ace the test today and get a run stop um, in the red zone today, really, really good stuff. Yeah, there's it, there's a nice balance with him and Raheem Lane, I think, because Raheem Lane will come down into the box. He can do some of the you know more physical safety aspects of things, and JT can can work work over the deep center of the field. So, you know, we're seeing him grow, which is is what we're what we've been asking of him. You know, and he, and he seems to have put in a, a good amount of work in that regard. The recognition is still really there. You know, he's been in the right positions, and now he's been able to to make the plays. So, um, he's a guy that I I'm excited to see get into some preseason games because. Once we get into those situations, like he's going to be the starter as opposed to Derwin and Alohi. So there's going to be a lot of more, you know, challenging reps, I think, for him. And I'm, I'm excited to see how he handles those moments. Yeah, it's it's just it, it's tough because you don't have Ronaldo Hill there. So you really don't know how much of it was only Derek Ansley or whoever it is. But they've just done such a good job. Like watching Dean Leonard now versus where he was, even like the Rams preseason game last year where it was about like three penalties and maybe one declined. Like it was rough on the, you know, get your head around and knock the football down department. And now kind of across the board, like JT Woods, we're seeing it. Lohi had a pick today. Zant's great. Michael Davis, is. Yep. you saw last year, has been better than ever. JC is just normally him, or we think he is going to be him. Um, Raheem Lane, like this DB group, if for nothing else, they just seem much more dialed in with the fundamentals that I can yeah. really rem- remember to the point where like Mark Webb is a pretty good DB in terms of coverage. They're not even really asking him to be out there all that much because there's some other guys on this team that can do it just as well. And usually it's like Mark Webb's the best DB out there. Oh my gosh. And then he gets hurt. But like this year, they have so many different guys who are making plays in the football. It's really impressive. Yeah, it is really impressive. Um, this is, this is a, a, a really solid group that's coming together. I think they complement each other well. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up the Alohi interception because it's like every day I feel like Alohi is like <laughs> around some kind yeah. of turnover and, mm-hmm. and he just has a knack for that, man. So I think there's a lot of confidence growing about Alohi's ability to, you know, compliment Derwin James and play alongside him. And and I'm excited to see that growth as well. Um, you know, there were some other usual suspects that stood out. I thought Cleo Mack had himself a really nice day today. Morgan Fox did as well. 
Um, we'll, we'll shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the offensive stuff, but um, John Hightower, man, like he continues to impress and he's winning in a variety of ways against a variety of opponents. You know, there was a rep um, in the red zone period with Easton Stick at quarterback and he won on a slant. It was a nice physical route. Um, he won on a go ball, dusted Dean Leonard. Um, it was a nice, it was a beautiful pass from, I think it was Herbert, honestly. Um, and today he's working at kick returner. And this is something that we haven't really seen up until this point. He did work as a kick returner in college. He averaged around 26 yards per kickoff attempt in college. So there's there's some layers here, man. And there's a lot of momentum building for John Hightower to carve out a really significant role for this team this year. Yeah, as Frank perfectly points out right before I jump on, uh, Hightower didn't play last year. We needed someone like him. Lombardi question mark. Yeah. You know, maybe would have seen something different in training camp because then you just everyone gets to play, right? You're not just thinking of your best five and that's it. But man, watching Hightower out there, and I, I had not really been on the field and, and on the side where he was practicing when you get to see him, you know, run fast. And he, he does that. <laughs> he's, fast. Like, he's very he's fast. Really, he's really, really fast. <laughs> I mean, because Dean Leonard, I'm pretty sure, runs like a like he's a really fast. He's like corner. a four-four guy. He's a legit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. High towers like see ya. So I know yeah. high towers forty times in like a four-three. It's it's like four-four something, but he's he's plenty fast. And what impresses me and continue to impress me is exactly what you said. He wins in a variety of ways against different corners, different spots of the field. We and everyone's gonna be like, oh, this is another Michael Bandy, but again, high towers winning fifty yards down the field and five yards right in front of you. He's winning when you're at the 20, and he's winning when you're at the the five-yard line to score in the red zone. And some of the catches, every time I've been down there in team drills or seven-on-sevens or whatever, he's always had a really good catch, like a fingertip grab. Like maybe it could have, you know, if if he didn't catch some of these, like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Wasn't a perfectly on-target pass. Had to extend, had to jump or whatever. But every time he's catching it, like he's winning all over the field. He's their fastest guy right now. And he's catching everything. So he's, and like you said, now now he's playing kickoff return too. Granted, as a backup, but before that was Darius Shepard, who I have no idea where he went today, because um, he's been like pretty squarely right behind Hightower in the rotation. No idea where number twenty went today. Um, but it seems like if he's now part of their kickoff return as like a contingency plan, then I mean, I think they're prepping for him to make this team. And if Guyton's healthy. Keep seven receivers. Don't keep yeah. a fullback. Don't keep another tight end or whatever. Like there's an opportunity here where you have, you know, Guyton with all the chemistry he has, and then Hightower with the speed that we're seeing. And those two guys can run out there at any point you need. You know, one one will probably be inactive, but like I, I'm at the point where I don't see how you don't keep Hightower. Um, we'll see in the preseason. Uh, you and you've been you've been good about saying this. Let's watch <laughs> preseason games. Let's watch yeah. real football. Because, like, to be fair, there's typically like a sack on Justin Herbert, but he, you know, they yeah. throw it anyway, and then it goes to High Tower. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just he's just been amazing, and I think I think previously, our not Arjun Alex has talked about High Tower's got maybe some drop issues. He remembers like some of the drops. I haven't seen a, an issue. Like I have not seen a single issue to the point where this is going to be rich. If you told me the high tower was like with their first round pick this year, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. He's doing great. Like he's just been, he, he's fast. He's like, 
he's kind of like been their Jalen Hyatt, you know, like if they needed a Jalen yeah. Hyatt, except for the part where he part where he, he wins all over the field. So again, amazing. Yeah, it's it's so great to see if they get meaningful football out of John Hightower this year. Like I, I think we need to start having a conversation about Chris Beattie being like the best position coach on the team, like far and away with the work that he's done uh, over the past yeah. couple of seasons. And so, you know, John Hightower being able to come into this position and honestly, he got more first team reps today than Quentin Johnson did. You know, Quentin really? Johnson, okay. it was a small handful of first team reps today. It was not a lot. It wasn't a ton for John Hightower either, yeah. um, but he got more first team reps than, than Johnson did today. Johnson was, was heavily involved with the second team today and had, he had a really good day, some great catches, but um, Hightower is carving out a role that I think is going to be really difficult for them to keep him off the roster. Yeah, I, I kind of wish we had ha- interviewed a DB today only because I did want to ask just about, about Hightower, about even Shepard or Johnson and Palmer. Like, yeah, at what point does it become effing exhausting when these guys are <laughs> like launching 50 yard bombs down yeah. the field and they're coming up with them and like you're in yeah. perfect position? And they're still catching him. It's been, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I the, the the injuries and the uncertainty around certain players certainly loom over my head because it's like, been there, done that. You know, not everything's going to be perfect, but good golly, like, high tower on. Like this this receiver room is like seven deep, and like we talked about like one through four, um, but no, this is like a seven deep wide receiver room. Davis not as much as a receiver, but he's got a different, completely different role. Yeah. Yeah, this receiver room could be really stacked, honestly, which is is great to see. Yeah. Um, all right, Tyler, anybody else that stood out for you today? Um, no, I think we got to most everybody. Without pads, it's really difficult to evaluate trench play, but tomorrow I think that'll be almost exclusively what I would want to key in on. Um, didn't see much from the tight ends today. I didn't even remember... Yeah, there was one the Parn had an had a catch on like a deep out route, but that was I think about it. Yeah, I can't think of much from there. Um no, that's mostly it. Uh, I think that we've covered all the good players, or at least the standouts from today. Um and then tomorrow the scrimmage recap will be out soon. Are we I actually didn't I might as well just ask you live. <laughs> Are we doing a, a quick recap after the game or the scrimmage? Uh, right now, our plan is to record on Monday. Yeah, yeah, I meant for like this channel, in case you're oh, wondering. But uh, no, okay, never mind. Yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, just going through my notes to make sure I'm not like missing anything. Um, it, you know, like I mentioned, Quentin had a had a couple really really good routes today. Oh yeah. Um, you know, there was the the deep goal ball, um, which ended up being a contested catch situation, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, that was a fantastic route by him. He had a great release off the line. Nice hesitation to get some separation. And uh, honestly, if that were Justin Herbert throwing the football, it would have been a touchdown. Like, he dusted Dean Leonard, man. And then uh, to make that catch, which happened, you know, five yards in front of us was super impressive. Um, yeah. Not a, not a super busy day from Joshua Palmer. Um, Keenan was was cooking everybody in the 7 on 7 period. We did yeah. not see a bunch of that in the team periods, but uh Keenan and his route running is just like it's such a pleasure to watch in person because he's just you know even against defense backs like Derwin and Asante Samuel and all these guys like he just gets open so it's yeah. that was a fun thing to watch today did you get to Dustin Hopkins while you're doing the injury report 
No, not that I there was... is one, but yeah. Um, so Cameron Dicker didn't kick today, I don't think. Um, but he's been the only one to kick field goals, uh, basically since the second day in camp. And so, um, the specialists kind of work on the field, like behind, behind us, it's kind of down a little bit. So you don't really see a whole lot of it when everything else is happening. Um, but so Dustin Hopkins did not kick today. Apparently there's a, uh, working off to the side situation that Ryan Ficken mentioned and that Brandon city would provide an update. Um, Hopkins has not kicked since the second day in camp and Cameron Dicker is playing well. So um, we'll see what Staley says tomorrow, but I think at this point we should all just be planning for Cameron Dicker to be the Chargers kicker going forward. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been a surprise even if both were healthy, but yeah, for Figgin to come out and say, yeah, you know, you know, Staley will give you an update on the whole situation. Like that just kind of sounds. I, I could have been easily been persuaded by Ficken saying, "We're just trying to get Cameron Dicker to have a hundred kicks out there for us, so we can get some math out there. What's his percentage? What can he hit from different distances, etc." But for him to just kind of give the update, like, "Yeah, you know, Staley will give you an update at some point." Well, I don't know what's going on with with, with you know, Hopkins. I'm not going to speculate like, "Oh, it's the same injury." I have no idea. But at this point, yeah, it's Cameron Dicker's job. He's he's basically won it. And if there's an injury involved at all, and I don't know that, it's kind of by default. Yeah, and he's kicked well. I think he's, um, I think the official tally, uh, yeah, it was 30 for 34, according to Eric Smith so far in training camp, which is about 88%, um, which is a really good rate, you know. Um, you know, that's 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 really above average kicker rate. So I, I think the Chargers are comfortable with him. Um you know, Ryan Ficken definitely projected that today that they they are very comfortable with with Cameron Dicker. I will say, like from a team building perspective, if Cameron Dicker does win this job and it's it's trending in that direction, I would hope that they kind of offer him and maybe like a, at least a mini extension because if he kicks extremely well this year, you know, then he's a free agent next year, and then you're looking at an expensive kicker contract, so. Um, I, I would hope they could get ahead of the Cameron Dicker contract situation if he does actually end up winning this this battle. Gosh, what what is the current kicker market? Do they make more than running backs? <laughs> a couple of them do, actually. I think. Because <laughs> listen, if he goes out there and hits ninety percent again, like that's, I mean, ninety something percent again, like that's one of the best kickers in the league. Yeah, so, so Justin Tucker makes six a year. So he's he's great. Matt Gay, my guy, uh, makes five point six million per year. Jason Myers, five point two million. Tyler Bass, five point one million. Chris Boswell, five million. Uh, Young Wiku, four point eight. That's a discount. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're looking, if you're looking at these, I mean, Dustin Hopkins' contract is three million per year. So, you know, like if you're a kicker who's above average, you're you're not. I mean, it's cheap in relative you know, com comparisons to like a quarterback, but you know, if he goes out and has another 92, 93% season, you're looking at probably paying him like $5 million. I wonder is, is would the 2024 cap hit be lower if they actually did the deal next year because they'd make the year one cap hit low and like that second year cap hit higher or would it be cheaper if they extend him, but the next year's cap hit is kind of high. Because that would be the second year of that deal. I don't know. 
Well, I think you could probably, you know, give him like a, a signing bonus this year and then push the base salary to year two of the extension, which would be after this upcoming season. So I don't know. Depends how they would want to structure it, but there's definitely a way where they can make next year cheaper uh, in terms of, of cap space. Yeah. I don't know. Cross the bridge when we get there, I guess. I don't even want to talk about that off season. Yeah. Yet. Um, so as uh, the question here, can you extend after year two? So he is a restricted free agent after this upcoming season, which means other teams could offer him contracts and the Chargers would have the chances to match that. But mm. like I said, you know, if, if he goes out and kicks 92% again this year, then teams are going to offer him an expensive contract and, you know, the Chargers could match it. But what if they couldn't from a financial standpoint justify paying, you know, $5.5 million or whatever? to a kicker yeah i really don't want to do the kicker carousel thing again 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 so yeah i mean whatever it takes if he's your guy and hopkins is gone like i totally get why yeah find a way to lock it down for for several years um because i I just don't want to do that again if he goes next year we have to have another kicking battle i can't take it man yeah yeah so i i would prefer to lock him up uh at least for a short-term contract after this position battle. Yeah. All right, Tyler, uh, any other final thoughts before we head out? Nope, that's it, man. All right, so appreciate everybody for tuning in today. Um, Thanks to everybody who said hello. Like I said, we'll be um, at practice tomorrow. Uh, We'll be in the stands, Tyler and I. Um, So be sure to keep an eye out, I guess, and then We'll have our recap of the scrimmage plus an interview with Eric Kendricks on a Tuesday on the Chargers feed. So um, appreciate all of you guys for uh, supporting the show. That's going to do it for us today. We'll see you next time. As always, bolt up. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.